We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast, the first one for 2023. I'm Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale coming at you guys from Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort here in Las Vegas. Man, it's been a while. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed the Corner Podcast Awards. Great feedback from those. Everyone seemed to love them this year, which means I didn't go crazy on my hot takes. It's growth. Growth. I feel like the mid-30s are aging me like a fine hot take wine until I make my next bad bet. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, so it's all right. Got to keep it. Got to keep it a little spicy in there. But it's great to be back. 2023. Wow. Seems like it was 2015 just yesterday. We were talking about how the new day was never going to work as a gimmick. <laughs> and, and now they're the greatest tag team ever. So crazy how time spans. And you always think like, okay, status quo. You know what, Dre? 2023. Already, we're a week in. May shape up to be the craziest year in pro wrestling since we started this podcast. And in recent memory. It's so wild that we were supposed to start this week off with UFC, Dana White, stuff going on there, Slap League, um, <laughs> on vacation and off of vacation. There was a, a, a lot of things going on there. Tank had his boxing match and, and pay-per-view, did great numbers, came out gearing up for a Ryan showdown. So much going on in boxing. And May, we're going to talk that to begin the week. Nope, we're in here. We're talking pro wrestling right off the bat. <sighs> Vince McMahon is back. Back, back. Not fake back. Back, back. Last time we recorded, we were talking about life after Vince, how it looks, what this means going into Royal Rumble, what it means going into WrestleMania. And now we don't know what the direction of the company is because a report came out, Wall Street Journal, I believe, dropped the report. Vince is looking to force his way back in to WWE. The next day, he is reinstated on the board. Today, he gets his title back as, what, chief officer or something? Chairman. 
chairman of the board. He's fully back in, in terms of the board. And then before our show goes on, Stephanie McMahon resigns from her position as co-CEO and chairwoman of the board. So she steps away again after taking a leave of absence in April. And now we have a, a product we thought were, was getting better and optimism for the company, for the on-air product. And now we're just in limbo again because the guy woke up one day and said, I just want to come back. And he has all this power as the majority shareholder. What's to stop him to say, this isn't enough. Like what's to stop him from going full Vincent and getting all of his power back that he had before these allegations. And that is also to say, what is to stop more allegations from coming out now? There's so many possibilities that two days ago we wouldn't have foreseen Stephanie stepping away. There's reports she had an all-hands meeting with everyone in the building and said nothing's changing. Then she's just coming back to sell the company. And now she's gone. So I'd like to start this podcast saying Vince McMahon, Sandman, the Can Man, I don't give a damn, man, Niners by 20. All right, so that's how we're going to start this podcast. Uh, but seriously, though. Don't uh, let Gino go full Gino on you. I don't even know what, going, what West Virginia Gino, because that's that's the one that's going to have to come out to play. West Virginia, yes. <laughs> to, beat, to beat my yes. Niners. Gang, bang, bang. Uh, <laughs> that was my boy. You were way too hype because you went to the game. Oh, yeah. We I should went. never let you in that stadium. Oh, man. It was number nine to <laughs> fans, too. New Year's Day. Oh, it was beautiful. I spent way too much for those tickets, but I had to go. I had to go. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be sitting here on the first show of 2023 talking about Vince McMahon being back. I just... It's not supposed to be this way. This is, again, everybody knows this. This is succession. This is the real, like, Logan Roy is back in the hot seat. <laughs> and he, he like, he took his power back. It's funny because succession is coming back soon, but they should make it an anthology. And next season, the season after this, they should focus on the WWE because it's a fucking disaster. Um, yeah, I, this is, it, it's between Donald Trump, Dana White, who we'll talk about later this week. And Vince McMahon, they're the same human being. They're narcissists. They believe that they're genius. They believe they're above the law. And you have to uh, appreciate their persistence, right? Like, as much as, you, <laughs> as much as you don't like them, right? There's a reason why they got to where they are today. I'm wondering if Vince McMahon's persistence is now delusion. It doesn't matter. That's what narcissism is, right? Sure. <laughs> like, narcissism is, like... Vince McMahon is a genius. We had this conversation in the chat. Is Vince McMahon a genius? Yes. Yes. He's a genius. In the wonderful world of pro wrestling, he built this, this company to be this, this financially viable and stable production that's given us live television for, what, over 20 years? Yep. And Damn near 30. Made, made guys like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and the celebrity, like Hulk Hogan. Like, Cena. You can't deny that the man is a genius. But with genius comes narcissism. When you're a narcissist, you believe you're a genius at everything. And you also believe that you can do whatever you want. Which leads to, if anybody saw like the nine lives of Vince McMahon and all the shit that he's done, it's because he doesn't play by the rules. And now he, he sat back. This is, I can guarantee you that this is what happened. Mr. Man sat at home after retiring. Because he didn't retire on his own accord. He's basically pushed out of his company. Yep. He sat at home and like things boiled over and he was like, Ugh. I got to come back. I'm coming back. <laughs> it was like, that's a bad idea, Vince. And he's like, how are you going to tell me this is my company? I'd rather burn it down 
then see somebody else flourish off it. And that means my daughter, my son-in-law, I don't care. Don't matter. So, yeah, the man said, I want to come back. Uh, TV rights deals are up this year. He's not going to let WrestleMania season go by. He had to be sitting at home looking at WrestleMania and was like, can't do WrestleMania without Vince McMahon. Because in his mind, it's his creation. It's his child. Yep. How dare you take my child and put it out on the streets? I don't care if I rape my child. Like, they, like I don't care if I molested my child. It's mine. And that's how Vince looks at it. So between that and the TV rights deal, he's not going to allow any of this to happen. What he doesn't care about is humanity and morality. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. Like, the locker room was, sources, was happy, happier when he was gone. Yep. They weren't operating on pins and needles. Now, who knows if he's coming back to creative? I would not put that out of the realm of possibilities, yeah. right? But we don't know if he is or if he's we showing up in the building. Because board members and chairmen, like, they're... Yeah, but this is Vince McMahon. Yes. 80% majority shareholder. He does what he wants. Like, there's no way... What are the odds Vince McMahon shows up on TV before WrestleMania? I believe he shows up before next week, at least in the back. Back. Well, I'm saying right? on, on television. On television, he's definitely making a Mania appearance. He may kick off Mania. Yeah, and, you know, and the delusional fans will be like, thank you, Vince, just like Trump supporters, just like people who love Dana White. You know, they're like, they're in the, in the cuck, basically, <laughs> with this guy. But I just can't see if, like, first of all, we'll talk about Wrestle Kingdom and everything else. Yep. Uh, Mercedes, you made the right decision. Not coming back. Yeah, for for her. I don't know what coming back means or not mean. Like, well, that's the problem. Again, we thought he was gone. Yes. Today we are recording this. We think he is back. Yeah. Two weeks from now, there can be a 500-page report. And they can... Another report is that the board members who voted him back unanimously also... Almost had all the paperwork together to push together a suit to get him out of there. That could be filed in two weeks. So it, I don't know what that means. It means you don't come to WWE right now. Until <laughs> to, to what? Until you know what's it's happening. It's not safe until he is not exactly walking on this earth. Like there is no person that has come back to that company that is not going, oh shit. It Johnny Gargano. Like you, you have to look like Karrion Cross, Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae, uh, you just go down the list of names. Braun Strowman coming back. You see Vince coming through those doors, and you know Vince can be like, the fuck are you doing here? And it's like, ah. <laughs> like this motherfucker. Why? Yeah. And, he, and I'm sure Tony Khan's having a field day right now. Tony Khan's sitting there was like, like, nobody wants to. The pendulum no. swings, as we've seen this summer. So but, it's like, I guess enjoy it when it's away from you. But the shit swings back. So yeah, but sure. it'll never be as bad as what Vince is doing right now. Nothing can ever be. This is the wildest storyline. Yeah. And it's a shoot. <laughs> and in pro wrestling history. It is insane. And it's not done. Because no. it's only going to get supremely worse with him kicking trips out, taking full control of the company again, cutting half the roster again, wasting more money because you re-signed him and got to cut him again. To not work again. Like, it's either going to go drastically bad. And after the sale, Lord knows. Or more stuff's going to come out. He's going to be forced into exile again. And he's going to be forced to sell in a blink. And the profile of the company will be vastly different. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know what that looks like. 
what happens if you sell to Saudi? Like, they're not going to run the company. No, but that's that's what Vince wants. He wants to sell somebody that put, will put him back in power. That's that's the object of the game is to sell before somebody else sells and pushes me out. So I have to sell to somebody that is comfortable with me still being in power. So at that point, then you're you're beholden to them. And if are you? Yeah, because they're beholden to the money, Saudi excluded. That's the, but that that's the point. Like right now, business is all fucked up, right? Like that nobody cares. As long as the money's coming in. Now, Vince comes back and is to sell this company because there is no denying that the money makes, the company makes money hand over fist. So anybody with a pulse that can afford it will want to buy WWE. The question is, as long as Vince there, he controls who they sell to. Yeah. So if you go somewhere and, and let's just say it was, say it was Disney. And Disney was like, yeah, we'll buy it, but Vince can't have any part of it. Vince will veto that. Nope, not selling to Disney. But if you go to Saudi and Saudi's like, yeah, you can still have power. They'll stay. Ultimately, at the end of the day, there'll be some people like us who be like, oh, no, I, I don't want to watch the." But the vast majority of people... The vast majority of people don't know what's going on. They don't care. Yeah. They don't know anything about this back-end stuff. Even as I always say, you root for the, the wrestler, not the promoter, right? Like, you, people still going to want to see Roman Reigns wrestle. They're still yep. going to want to see Bianca. They still want to see Sammy and Kevin Owens in the bloodline. Yeah, Mania. Yeah, like, none of this <laughs> stuff is going to change. Yeah. The person at the top is a shithead. That's, that's just the way it is. Most companies. FYI. Exactly. We'll talk about the UFC later this week. <laughs> Most companies. But they're still employees and they're still workers that people cheer for and want to see work. So it, it's, it's up to Vince who's going to have, all, like he wasn't going to let this uh, TV rights deal or sale happen without him. Right? Like he's going to figure out if he, it's going to be interesting. Like where do they go? You know, with the TV rights deal up? Because the company is financially viable uh, perhaps more than it's been in the past decade. So you, now you're running house shows again, which is a weird thing because house shows never really made a whole lot of money. It's a very strange thing. But you have the Peacock deal. You have USA. Like, NBC Universal might step in. You don't know who's going to step in, but there's no way anything's going to move without Vince McMahon having a hand in it. Yeah. That, now, the question is, what is Vince's relationship with Nick Khan right now? Yep. I don't care about the statement. I love Nick Khan. I don't care. You love your daughter. Your daughter left. There's a reason for that. I'm not sure she loves him very much right now. I mean, she loves her dad. Sure. She may not want to work with him. That's fair. You know, but Nick Khan is somebody that you brought in. Like you mentioned the cuts. Like Nick Khan is the one who opened the books. It was like, Vince, what the fuck are you doing? You yep. signed all these people. Now Vince comes back and it's like, I don't know because they had to have a conversation before he retired, quote unquote. And Nick probably told him it was a good idea. Vince might be mad at everybody. Could be. It wouldn't be the first time he fires everyone you get, to start you, new. And shit, Johnny Ace might come back. Kevin Dunn back into supreme power. Imagine, I wonder what Regal's feeling like right now. Fuck. Like, I came back to this. Well, Regal's chilling like, yo, I got to go to NXT. Like, I just want to work with my son. Like, if no one knows, because at this moment, Trips and the Daily Squad and everyone's working has kept the wheels on. Right? For two weeks. Where it's like nothing has changed in the building. A lot of us have shitty CEOs of companies. Like, I, I don't know the Disney CEO. I show up to ESPN every day. Like, my management team is big. Right. So the people I work around on a daily basis, I like those people. It keeps me happy at ESPN. I hear rumors all the time from the top. Disney, my cell is like, I, I don't know what's true or what's not. Right. 
I know the people I work with every day on my management team keeps me happy. If Trips and the people in the building, if he doesn't touch that, you're kind of okay. I have no faith that he can come be okay with just being chairman of the board again. No. Collecting all this money saying, I set the company up for the next hundred years. I am the genius behind the biggest deal in WWE history, cashing out his money and enjoying it for the last 10 years of life that he has. Or will he be a narcissist and say, that's not good enough. I need to be behind the boards again. I have to be in gorilla. I have to be making the decisions and I want the credit not only for the behind the scenes, but for the on screen. There, dog, there's no. But you, you can't do the on screen forever. Yeah, but there's no question that Vincent Man is going to want to have creative control. The man's whole life has been in Gorilla. If he came back to the company, like imagine being a parent and being like, well, I'm just paying child support, but I can't tell my kid what to do. Are you nuts? Vince is coming back in the room. I promise you, Vince has watched the product and was like, probably doesn't like it. I don't like this. Yep. I don't like this at all. He won't care what the fans have to say. He'll look at this and be like, I could have done this. This should have been better. What are you doing with this? This sucks. I'm going to can't. Like, even if he doesn't. Start ripping shit up. Long-term booking for what? Even if he doesn't announce that he's in control of creative again, he'll be in control of creative. He'll look and, you know, the people that he wants to push will get pushed. They'll be. Remember when, when this first happened, I was like, what are the chances that Vince McMahon's like in an unmarked van? Like, yeah. So he'll, he'll be doing, like, there's no way he, it's his child. He knows nothing else. It has been eating him up sitting at home for the past few months watching somebody else run his company. It doesn't even matter if it's his son-in-law because they are clearly on different wavelengths creatively. Yes. So now he's going to come back and it's WrestleMania. See, that's not a coincidence. It's about to be Royal Rumble. It's no coincidence he's coming back right now. He couldn't take it. He sat at home was like, WrestleMania without Vince? Are you There's no nuts? such thing. Yeah. It doesn't exist. He will burn that bitch down before somebody else can make some money off of it. Will someone burn him down first? Well, the key to succession is the ups and downs. Well, the key to succession is how long can Logan Roy survive? Yeah. And I'm not talking about in business. I'm talking about as a human. Yes. I mean, Vince is on the same clock. What will, will Vince die before this is all said and done? You've seen wilder shit. And, and I'm not saying death on anybody, but it's going to be a tremendous amount of stress. We've seen... The one thing Vince has avoided is criminal charges. Thus far. Thus far. For many things. He embezzled money. Yes. Millions. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's cool. Just resign. Like, chill. But... You are back now. What if the federal government comes at you for embezzlement? There's a lot of things that have to get there. But, I, there is. But, but you open up Pandora's box by coming back. The best, like, in his head, he's just like, yo, these people just want to be gone. They want to control my company. They want to take me down. A lot of these people, a lot of people who voted for him on this board unanimously to come back because they're just like, fucking Vince is going to do what he wants. A good majority of them are trying to protect him. Like, hey, idiot, you think these are the last thing? We're doing an internal investigation and found all this. Could you imagine when there's an independent investigation? How about you go away and protect yourself, your money, your millions, and your shares in the rest of this company? 
And now he's just like, whatever. If I get caught, I get caught. But I'm going I'm to go out doing what I want to do. And they're going to catch him. <laughs> and who is that like? Donald Trump. Sure. Mar-a-Lago. He, like, everything defies wheel. reality with That's Trump. It. Like, he doesn't care. Ride this shit until the wheels fall off. And I, it's it's something that you look at and be, it's admirable to a certain point it's that, impressive. like, you really don't give, you could be, he doesn't care if he's wrong. He will lie to you in your face. He doesn't give a shit. Vince McMahon is the same exact way. Tell me whatever you want. I'm doing what I want to do. And some people, as we've seen in this country, like that type of person. Oh, yeah. A good, good amount of people. Republicans make shit happen. Democrats block shit from happening. Right? Like, that's like the rule. Vince is here to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, everybody else is to stop him. It's your job to stop. It's your job to stop Derrick Henry from running you over. And Derrick Henry is juiced up and doesn't give a fuck. I'm sure by now it's on Twitter, but if someone didn't Photoshop Vince McMahon on Thanos' body, where he said you should have went for the head, he just fucking snaps his finger. This is Vince's Thanos moment. Yeah, you have to kill just, him. That's it. Should have went for the head. So it goes, it goes back to what we said. What I said originally. He'll die. He has to die in Gorilla. Like, he's trying to get his throne back so he can die in it. Triple H just looks over at Road Dog. We're in the end game now. Uh, <laughs> that's it. You know, Road Dog loves Vince McMahon. <laughs> Fuck that guy, too. <laughs> Fuck Road Dog. This is where we're at. Like, it's just, it's the second act. But again, every everything on Twitter is just a, a gross overreaction, right? Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. Vince may want to be back in creative and wants to get to WrestleMania. But who knows what comes out between now and then? Who knows what happens? We didn't think he'd be back. No. So we, we don't know when he's going to take over control again or if... He'll get ousted or if they'll, the board members sue him and everything's caught him in so much litigation. He can't come back to TV. They can't sell. And then you're just in a stranglehold. This is, this is bad. Then he I, chokes out Tony Khan in the board, not Tony Khan, Nick, uh, Nick Khan in the board meeting. Yo, what is Shane McMahon doing right now? Chilling, booking, <laughs> booking Royal Rumble <laughs> on an iPad. No, no, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> just, just in case, just in case Vince is like, you're the only one. Who didn't turn on me, Shane? Nah. And Shane is just fucking booking Royal Rumble for him to win. That, that He's going to go over on Cody. Well, like, what does Stephanie do with the rest of her? Like, she's left again, right? And her, and her, she's left. But her husband's still in the hot seat, basically. This is different, right? Because her and her dad are about business. As much as pro wrestling is their business, they're about business. Trips is about pro wrestling. There, there is no, I'm just going to, oh, I can't be the, the head boss in charge. I'm just going to do whatever and let my money make itself and be happy. Professional wrestling is his business. So he's staying because that is what he does. What she does is, is what Vince just took over again. She was on a leave anyway. She was on a leave. She was like, oh, the, the chair is open. This, I want to be the number one businesswoman. I want to be the head of honcho. She came back like this. He came back. She was like, oh, I can't be the head honcho. I'm out. There ain't shit else for me here. I'd rather be with my kids. The money going to make itself. You want me to go shake hands all over the globe and be the ambassador? For what? Yeah. Either I'm the head honcho or I'm going home. 
Or and she's done it twice. Or she doesn't want to work with a rapist. Uh, but who knows? That's also possible. <laughs> it's like my dad's a rapist, so you know. It's, or she could be like, he could be that from afar. That's what I'm saying. You're my like, dad. Give me the company. <laughs> Just whatever, I, whatever it takes. I don't I don't it's, know. This is this is this is it's definitely succession playing out in real life. It is. I love succession. It's such a great show. And this is not the season finale. No, not even close. Like if you <laughs> watch the last season and you watch what Logan Roy did, like my kids are idiots, basically. Yep. That's what Vince is looking like. My kids are idiots. Like, you guys think you can take my company from me? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Maybe Vince was at home watching Succession and just boiling over. Like, this motherfucker, I know exactly how you feel. He thought Logan Roy was a real person. He called the actor and was like, how did you do it? And he was like, I'm just acting, man. Logan Roy is the baby face to Vince. Well, of course. <laughs> it's like, this, this guy's over. Uh, it's it's <laughs> What a way to start the wrestling. Like, we're heading into Royal Rumble season, which we're supposed to be very excited about. Now we got to... Still am until he ruins it. Well, yeah. I mean, you just don't I'm a, know. I'm going to go along for the ride. We all are. And, until, until we figure it out. Worst case, I go to Wale Mania. I have a blast. Um, doesn't look like I'll be too tied up with boxing that weekend. Yeah, no. no. Everything's so, blocked out for go me. to Wale Mania. Uh, hang out with you. At a couple of events. I, I don't think I'm going to NXT. I'll probably be at NXT. If reports, Carmelo Hayes is working Braun Breaker out, reports say Anthony Joshua is fighting April 1st. Uh, yeah, that'll be the morning. That's during the day. That's when NXT is. Yeah. And it looks like I may have to work the Anthony Joshua, you know, at least post about it. Oh, so I may not make it to NXT, but yeah, I would love to see Carmelo win. And if I got to go to Mania after, I'm definitely just working the Joshua fight. Boy, it's, it's going to be and a, then go to Mania. Yeah, it's going to be a long day. Look. Yeah. The I trek don't... from NXT to get to Mania. With the LA traffic, where is NXT supposed to be? I don't even know, but it ain't. It ain't a stadium. It ain't SoFi. Nah, nah. unless you put it next door at a. I, what's I the, know. the joint? We watched uh, UFC there once, where what? Ariel got banned. Honda Center. No. What are you talking about? It's like the Coliseum or something. Where did the Lakers play before they went to Staples? The then Forum. He, boom. It's right. right next door, right, Inglewood. I guess. I, dog, I don't know. It's too far ahead for me to think. At shitty Wi-Fi, but yeah, it always they is. should run that because it's like walking distance. Yeah. That's enough about it. I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> can, can we talk? It's, like, it's the news. We were supposed to come in and talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And arguably one of the greatest matches that we've seen in recent memory. Yes. to deal with Vince McMahon. This, this is why it was your number one storyline of last year. Why we'll sit here... 359 days from now, and it'll be your number one story of this year. It ain't going nowhere. Because nothing's trumping that. Even one of the greatest matches ever. Because it's about what happens outside the ring sometimes more than inside. So it's, it's going to get crazy. We had to talk about it to kick off the new year. Let's hit the break. When we come back, we'll get into actual pro wrestling. Yay. Wrestle Kingdom. Talk about a little bit of Monet. We'll talk about AW and what is now the current booking of WWE. We'll just look at what we expect in the new year yeah. coming into these uh, promotions. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break.
Just that quick, everybody. We are back. Dre, we get to talk actual pro wrestling. Many different ways we can go with this. It's only right. Start Wrestle Kingdom. 17. Remember, Wrestle Kingdom 9 was like the first Wrestle Kingdom I ever saw. I was stuck in Kansas City. I had to drop my kids off. <laughs> At this time, they couldn't fly by themselves. I was flying them back and forth. So I'd fly them and their mom would fly them. And it snowed me in. And I had to stay in my daughter's bedroom in my ex-wife's house. And I refused to leave the room. And I had my laptop. And I watched Wrestle Kingdom back to back until my flight the next day. I got up at like 9 a.m., brushed my teeth, went right to the airport, got the hell out of there. But Wrestle Kingdom got me through that night. It was the most awkward, uncomfortable moment. Can we imagine? I have not gone back to Kansas City since. Never getting trapped there again. I see. NFL draft there is this year. Not going. I would love to go for work, see my kids. They pay for, my kids come to me like three weeks later. I may never go back to Kansas City. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ever in life. So, yeah, but that was my first Wrestle Kingdom experience. Arguably my favorite Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 9, I think it's the best one so far. It's a pretty good Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, knock AJ Styles. Yeah. So, it's definitely my, my favorite one. The year before with Kota Bushi Nakamura is very good as well. But now we're at 17. Watch that chair crib. Yep. Such a gentleman. You waited overnight. We're on a freeze. Waited. I, I had no choice. I was sleepy. There was no way I was staying up to watch that shit. Actually, I no. stayed up until 4 a.m. with my I son. I was about to say, gonna, you happened to be I up anyway. I could have watched it, but <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so you were kind. We watched it the next morning. Went over your crib. Bomb food. Dre always knows the good food hey, spots, by the way. The hibachi spot was the shit. It was. Yeah, Dre... Dre lives in a bougie area of town, but they have amazing, amazing food around there that I never get to eat because I never live on your side of town. So I was like, okay, this spot is dope. Every time I go over there, I try something different. So this was no different. Bomb food, good matches. How we start all of these, what is your overall grade for Wrestle Kingdom 17? A B. And and it would have been like a C plus if it wasn't for Osprey and Omega. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. The, the junior tag match, it was good. That was cool. Like, the uh, most of the matches, even the main event, it was good. Was it Wrestle Kingdom standards? That's such a high bar. They set it. They set that bar extraordinarily high. Even Mania breaks out sometimes. Yeah. More but, often than not. But Osprey and Omega was to say, like, this car would have been super average if it wasn't for that match. Everything else was, it was good. Everything was good. The the four-way for the junior, every, that, that was good. Hey, everything. <laughs> you know, Carl uh, uh, Anderson, uh, basically seems like he sandbagged Tamatanga for the... Yes, you know, the finish. Yeah, but it was a good match up until that point. Yep. But none of these things were something I would revisit as match of the year candidates. Like, usually the junior heavyweight match is one of those things you go, wow, that was one of the best matches on the card. Usually, like, when the Bucks win the junior tag division, oh, the best matches on the card. You would get a never-open-weight title with Ishii or Shibata. Like, you would get these matches. Like, Shingo was in the opening Rambo. Like, this wasn't a— That was weird. It wasn't a great card, but the only match to really talk about— Yeah, Jay White lost to Okada in a match that was, like— Before we even talk about, like, Omega and Osprey. I'm very curious about Jay White. It, it feels like he's not the man. 
And the reason why I say that is he's been in this spot again. And he, for whatever reason, he can't elevate his game to the point where he's stealing the show. What? What's his best match? Best match might have been. That's tough. He had one hell of a run right before pandemic. He's a look, look, he's a good heel. He's a good character. He's a good wrestler. I would venture out to say, and you're not gonna like this. He's like the Cody Rhodes of New Japan. He gives he's, he's a little better than Cody. He gives you very good, serviceable matches. Like they're very they're never bad. But to be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, you have to steal the show. Even with Osprey and, o- and Omega wrestling, that match, while it was good, it's far from Okada's best match. No, it wasn't Okada's best match. But it's, it's far from it. But you have to elevate. You have to go to another level. We've seen Tetsuo Naito do it. We saw kind of set you up in the coma. Like, but I'm saying this is not the not first time it's happened. Jay White is good. He's never going to be that guy. Will Ospreay has leaped over Jay White as that guy. Yes. Like, Will Ospreay is, I mean, he's the best wrestler in the world. I, yes. I don't care what anybody else says. And it, this match further proved my point. He, bell to bell, he's the best wrestler in the world. That he is. He, it's almost, I want to say it's not even close. If we see Kenny Omega work like he used to work, like. I mean, Kenny more than held his own in this match. Oh, no, no. He was phenomenal in this match. So I'm just saying, <laughs> there's just not enough of a body of work because of the injuries that we hadn't got a chance yeah. to Kenny Omega. And he's not. Doing a lot of one-on-one no. in AEW. Right. So you don't get the best bout machine, like, no, constant. But, but Osprey, like, he's the best. Like, he is the best in the world. But Jay White, to be in that spot and to deliver what I thought was, like, a maybe a four-star match, for Wrestle Kingdom standards, is unacceptable. For anywhere else, it's fine. I like Jay White. But the circumstances of what it appears to be right now are that it appears that he is leaving. He's not leaving. He's staying. He's in that career match. Nikolaya's going to be the one that WWE's looking at. I think it's Jay. It, no, it ain't going to. Trust me. Jay is in New Japan. I think he goes. Nah, I don't think so. But if he were to go, probably won't be a good idea. Especially right now. But... <laughs> But, but I would venture he could be a big thing in WWE or uh, AEW. I don't know, man. When you got people like Austin Theory around, it's like, I can't see Jay White jumping into that fold and elevating to be a a, a main event. Attract. I just can't see it. Really? I don't see it. And, I, and I, I like Jay White. I think he's phenomenal heel. I think he's a great heel, but I don't think he'll be a great heel in the WWE. He's a great heel in New Japan. Like... I don't think he'd be a great heel in, in AEW. He, and I'm, I don't mean to be blasphemous because he does not have the track record of over 15 years before getting to New Japan. But this feels like when Styles was leaving. Yeah, not even close. <coughs> not even close. He not doesn't even, have the Styles knock. Listen. Match. We're not but, even, but, but look, look, I'm glad you brought that up. We don't even talk about Bullet Club anymore. No, Bullet Club like, has ran its course. But Jay White, him and Evil being at the head of Bullet Club is why Bullet Club's kind of died. It was time. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just laying it out. As much as I like Jay White, the people that have come before him... 
Evil definitely killed Bullet Club. It Evil did. But Finn Balor, <laughs> AJ Styles, yes. Kenny Omega, Jay White. He did well with that. But he pales in comparison to the people that led before him. That's, that's an unfair murderer's That's role. just the way it goes. When you run, like, if, if Degeneration X or NWO, once you get somebody that's not to the level of Hogan, like, if Conan ran the NWO, and as much as I like Conan... The LWO? <laughs> yeah, but, but you'd be like, ah, this is average. Like, Jay White has not exceeded the level of his predecessors. From Finn Balor, when Finn Balor handed it off to AJ Styles, was it AJ? Yeah. Yeah, AJ went next. The game elevated for Bullet Club. Yeah, they added a lot more. And AJ Styles' game elevated. Like, even though AJ Styles is amazing in TNA Impact, when he got to New Japan is when it just took off. Then Kenny Omega came in. We knew Kenny could wrestle. Yep. But then he became the cleaner. And he became, like, the man. Jay White came in. He hasn't done that. The Bullet Club's kind of withered. Now, yes, part of it's because of the pandemic. Part of it's because of evil and the booking. But Jay White has not... I would also argue there wasn't, like, a smooth Kenny handoff to Jay. No, Jay turned on Kenny and got rid of him. Yeah, but it was, like, it was very choppy. People knew, like, it it didn't feel as good as the other Well, I'm saying, look. look, Maybe it's because of Jay White isn't those guys. But it didn't feel like. Finn Balor had bangers of matches. AJ Styles had incredible matches. Kenny Omega's had incredible, incredible matches. What is Jay White's most memorable match? I can't remember it offhand. Thank it's you. not a five-star match. That, that, and therein, Finn didn't have five-star matches. But therein lies my feuds. issue. Therein lies my issue with Jay White. It, he's good, but he's never going to be the guy. And this Wrestle Kingdom punctuated that because you left Wrestle Kingdom going, eh, all right. You can't not have a good match with... Because you Seth Rollins? Kyle. No. There's nowhere near Seth No, Rollins. Seth Rollins is one of the best in the world in the ring. Win or lose, like, Seth Rollins is incredible. He's just a shitty baby face. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And I love Seth Rollins, but it's not his fault. It's just they, they take the teeth off of Seth. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. No, Jay White is more Cody Rhodes in terms of character in ring. Like, he's a good wrestler. He's not wrestler. as good a character as Cody. No, but Cody had to grow into that. Dashing Cody Rhodes. I always maintain I didn't like Cody in ring. Dashing Cody Rhodes he was made- fantastic. He made great things out of shitty gimmicks. But Jay White, he's just, he's just not that dude. He, and, but he's, he's, he's a really good dude. He's still so young. That doesn't matter. Uh, not everybody Okada. Uh, <laughs> but you, but you got to be. Like, when you have, again, when you have Will Ospreay in your company, when you have Shingo Takagi in your company, when you have Tomohiro Ishii in your company, when you have all these guys in your company that, that can work damn near five-star matches, like, with their eyes closed, you have to elevate your game. I think that's okay in WWE because you don't have to have five stars all the time. I just like, AW maybe, but it, but because of that, he gets a little lost in the shuffle. But I think he gets lost in the shuffle with WWE because they have, like, look, we don't know what's gonna happen with Randy Orton, right? Randy Orton was like the epitome of like when I need a heel, it's Randall Keith Orton. Yes, sir. Right, and right now Roman's the guy. Austin Theory is clearly working his way into this great heel role. If Jay White were to show up, I don't know where he fits. If WWE, again, I think he's a really good heel. But now, and I'm operating like Vince McMahon's not taking over tomorrow. 
But in a Triple H booked version of WWE, I think he is what you want out of a heel. He's not super small, not super big. He could work enough. His promos have been really good. He's really sharp in his promo work. And he just seems like a natural asshole. The only thing is now I think, outside of people who worked in a company before, because they have identities. Trips had a plan for them. Plan got fucked up. You bring them back. Even though I think they're signing too many people, but they're signing them to put them back into the roles he had envisioned anyway. He's not creating blank canvases with any of these people. Right. Like, everyone he's bringing back, they're just going back to where he saw them three years ago. Bronson Reed, everybody. Like, he's going to put them where he thought they would be. Yeah. Um, LA Knight's a good example. When they signed Manny Steele, I was like, what the fuck is this guy going to do? And everyone's like, no, Eli Drake's great. I was like, yeah, but how does he, he fit? Trips is like, this is the role I saw him in back then. We're going to put him here. Everyone has slid back into those roles. When you sign new people and create new roles and fit them into the building blocks of things, I look at it and say, Jay White's a heel. To me, he's the best epitome of a heel. I don't really see him as a baby. He kind of needs a faction of some sort. Do I sign him now in 2023? Or do I wait a year and get MJF? <laughs> you ain't getting MJF. There's enough money in the world to do anything. There is, but they ain't getting MJF. Off a new deal? If I'm looking at it, if this is back, we're doing Saudi money. If we're taking blood money or if we're, we're signing NBC, and I tell them on the new deal, I need the biggest, not biggest, but top three name in pro wrestling, they'll go out and get MJF. Tony Collin will call his dad. Tony could call it. Before a fucking Vince McMahon gets his hands on Pops, MJF. write the check. Yep. You talk about blood money. Like, they, the, MJF will be a part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. He ain't leaving AEW. Like, the MJF is not going anywhere. Jaguar share? Yes. He can't. He, like, he is the blue chipper. Like, he is, he is the no-doubter. He is Adrian Peterson coming out of high school that you knew, like, he can come out of high school and go pro. As a, like, he's a sure thing. You can't let that go. Pro wrestling's such a weird place. I've seen people jump. He, At the heights. I just think, I think if it boils down to money, like, eight, like there, there'll be a point where the WWE is like, we don't really need them. Yeah, they, they don't. Because we'll talk about Sasha in a second. Yeah, and Tony will be like, I can't let him go. Yeah. It, like, it, it's detrimental to AEW to lose MJF. Comes down to what MJF wants. He'll want, he'll if want- he wants the mania, if he wants that legacy, if he wants... Truly, like a true Hollywood push. He's in the Von Erichs movie. That's great. Without WWE. I've, I've seen WCW people be in movies. I understand this. Mm. I've never seen anyone outside of that in pro wrestling. Not saying that it's impossible. I mean, he doesn't want to do the Marine. Okay. But what is Cena doing now? Is it a peacemaker? Is it a, That's you, John Cena. Okay. The Rock was this beforehand. That's The Rock. Okay. I'm saying I've never seen that anywhere else in pro wrestling. Because you haven't had it. Because no one else has built that. Right. And AEW is building that. Like, if you're, dude, if you are MJF. Damn, I've seen WCW people. Ah, This isn't WCW. This is, this is, like, you have somebody who loves pro wrestling with long money and his dad's money as well with somebody who is young. I understand this. There is a mistake. Maybe not this contract. Whatever it may be. Are you willing to put down on table that MJF is going to be an AEW lifer? 
Now, I'll never say anybody's going to be a lifer. Cool. So there's a but possibility this contract, next contract, whatever it may be. I don't be. think it'll be this contract. Okay. I, I, that's fair. Especially with everything that's going on in WWE right now. Yeah, who knows what it is. I, I would say his, his free agency comes up after You can't guarantee me anything in WWE. I can guarantee you by the time his deal comes up, they will be sold. That's the only thing I can guarantee. Who will be sold? WWE. I can't guarantee that. Someone will have purchased it by this time next year. I can't guarantee that. If Vince can torpedo any deal, he'll do a new TV rights deal. And not sell. Yeah. And just hold steady. Yes. It's his company. I I would think he would sell to someone who keeps him in charge. Because no one knows. Even if someone buys shit, they don't know pro wrestling. It ain't necessary. Somebody got to run it. Dana White's still yeah. there with everybody in UFC because Endeavor didn't know shit about MMA. It ain't, they wanted the money. It ain't necessary. But let's let's pivot back. We went off the board a little bit with Jay White and all this other shit. But let's talk about Osprey and Okada. All right. Undeniably, it's, 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 it's putting a lot of pressure on everybody else for the rest of the year yes. to deal with this match. No one surpassed. Well, the rematch might. They're going to do this again. Yeah. Like, they're going to do this again, and I think they just set the table for what will happen in the rematch. Because I watch, I've watched this match four times now, and I looked at it very closely, and I was like, oh, this is a story about Kenny Omega was like, I got this dog in me that you don't have. Like, that's what this match was about. Like, you think I can't go, motherfucker? Like, the whole match was like, I'm going to fuck you up, and you can't hang. And Okada couldn't. I mean, Omega, uh, Osprey couldn't. He just couldn't deal with Kenny Omega. And if anybody watched the post-match presser, where Okada's like, I, I mean, Omega, uh, Osprey, Jesus Christ, all these O's. A lot of O's. <laughs> where he basically said, I sacrifice everything and I'll give it one more year. Dog, that rematch, he's going to try to kill him. Oh, yeah. So the rematch I will probably be build towards next. They could go to Wrestle next Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom, right? I, I'm not entirely sure if there was a barter to say, well, we're going to do the rematch in AEW. Because they could do it at double or nothing and clean the fuck up. Could. Could. But I, I don't know if they go that route. But here's what I want to ask you. We discussed this in the group chat. And I want to bring it now. Dave Meltzer gave this. It was the second highest rated match that he's ever rated. The highest rated is Omega and Okada. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Which was. I've watched that match again. All four of those matches are in the top seven they're, they're, of Meltzer's list. And I mean, come on, man. It's very difficult to argue where this goes. One I could probably leave out of the top ten. I don't know. It's very good. One, but Okada... The two Omega out of three two. falls was fucking unbelievable. The time limit draw was incredible. Like, they, yeah. they've had, like, incredible matches. But now Osprey and, o- and Omega is the second best match he's ever had. We had this conversation about his ratings. And where does this all rank? And what does this all mean? Because what we don't have, if you look at uh, Dave Meltzer's ratings, is, like, Bret Hart and Stone Cold aren't. It's not even a five-star match, which is ridiculous. Horribly ridiculous. But... Dave Meltzer's rating system and people see these things and they lose their mind and get into fights about that's this That's a four shit. and a half and we've seen Omega Okada get a nine. It's half of the match Omega and Okada had? Well, I don't think he grades it like that. Regardless but, is what it says yeah, on paper. It's, it's, it's a weird thing and it's about the evolution of pro wrestling and what, what Dave Meltzer's seen. And I always argue my point with Dave is like, well, it's his fucking rating system, right? Like, yeah. I can't argue with a man who's watched more wrestling than all of us combined. Yes. Like, that's his opinion. It's up to me how much weight I want to put into it. Me personally, whenever I look at Meltzer ratings and there's a match that I haven't seen, if it has high rating, it means I need to go watch it. Yep. And I think that uh, I, 
he broke his own scale and I've said how I felt about it. It's like, well, what the fuck? You made a scale, you broke it. What the fuck does that mean? You probably should redo your entire scale. Yes. But That's my argument to you. I don't know how you redo the entire scale because the vast majority of what the scale means to me as a fan is like watching things in the moment. I can't grade things like five years later. I can't go back. Like, but you sit with hip hop albums before you review them for that's months. That's, that's different. Entertain- music is different. Pro wrestling, you don't know the result, right? Everything hinges on how a match concludes. Yeah, you don't if, know the result of a no, no, hip-hop no. album. It's like, why, again, I, I, I compare this more to movies than I do anything else. If I watch a movie like The Usual Suspects and you spoil the ending for me and I go watch it, I can't watch it the same way I watched it without having the ending spoiled. Okay, but you're not spoiling it. You've watched it once without knowing the ending. You're just re-watching it. What do you mean? So... Say you're watching Usual Suspects or like The Dark Knight or something, right? <laughs> Dark Knight. And if someone just tells you off rip, like, yo, you know, Joker's in that first scene. Like, he's under one of the masks. Blah, blah. You're like, fuck, you spoiled it for me. Yes. It's not the case. They're not telling you. They're not telling Meltzer, yo, this is the ending. And you've never seen it before. They're not spoiling anything. You at some point, had no clue what the ending was. Right. You've sat down and watched the movie. You sat down and watched the match. Yes. You've graded it a 4.5 out of 5. Yes. Cool. You then have seen better movies along the course of your life. Yes. And you've decided at that point, you're like, yo, you know what? Back then, I thought shit was just out of 5. These movies are so insane. Now my scale's out of 10. I now have to go back and rewatch The Dark Knight. Usual suspects, the Godfather. Because what would I now give the Godfather that I have seen 20 more years worth of movies in cinema? Is the Godfather as good as, I don't, I don't know, pick some. Like another like gangster movie that came out later. Like Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Like this, how does this stack up? Or even the joint um, with Affleck and them in, in Boston, which is incredible. The okay. poor- He's my, the Departed? Ah, there you go. He's talking about Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Like, how does that stack up Godfathers to The Departed? Like, okay, I have to go watch The Godfather again or Goodfellas. Like, I have to watch all these things again, but I'm not spoiling it. I just have a bigger frame of reference to what has now I deem better movies, but let me go watch that and re-rate it on this scale. Too dangerous. It's a rabbit. You can't do it. It's Pandora's box. You can't, you cannot do Only the it. top movies. I'm not going to re-grade every movie I, of all time. But I don't believe in re- Like, once you're in that moment, like, once Illmat, for instance, Illmatic got a five, and this is the only time I'm going to use sure. music reference. You can't go back and regrade the album because it was a moment in time when that album came out, and you're grading it based on what was around you at but that you time. But you live that moment. You yeah. have all these memories. But, but you have these feelings. If you go back and re-rate things, you're opening Pandora's box where everything could be re-rated. Because the thing is, is like when you watch something, your age, where you are, like all that plays a big role in how you, how you grade something. If I watch it five years later, I'm not in the same place. Music hits me different. Movies hit me different. Like if I but go back... I always remember Illmatic in that time. I remember how I felt. And then I can say, is Kendrick's album as good as Illmatic's? I really, really like Good Kid, Mad City. But it's imp- I think it's, it's like impossible. one of the best albums of the past 10 years. Is it the greatest album ever? I don't know. I have to go listen to what I consider the greatest album ever. But keep that to yourself. Because 
<laughs> Here's my point. Once you go, like, if you watch, going back to pro wrestling, if you watch Okada and Omega. Yes. And then you go back and say, well, was it better than Brett and Stone Cold? I don't know. Let me go back and rewatch it. You can't really compare these two because they're different moments in time. They're they're different matches entirely. But your scale, you can't. But you can't. It's like you just you just can't. Should you, never broke the scale. First off, but but you can't do it because you open Pandora's box. Now everything has to be changed. You should have never broke the scale. But we we gone past that. Yeah, it's a scale. If this was sure, but if this was a five star and five star was the cap, these would all be five star matches. He decided he wanted to be like this is. Just say it's the greatest five-star match, but don't, like, break the scale for it. But with that, again, all that being said, how do you determine? Because I think it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah, in the moment, of course. I have to then see if it's better than even Okada Omega. But it's hard. Because how do you do that? I have to realize, listen, it's like you said, watching a movie. I have to know... Star Wars, when I first watched it, how it made me feel, how it made me a nerd. No, that was not the case, but I mean, I was a nerd way before Star Wars. But I understand, like, my feeling of watching Return of the Jedi. I understand that it was a blockbuster. I understand that CGI and everything isn't what it is now. So I'm not going to hold the CGI and the special effects and the movesets in pro wrestling and the flippy shit and all that stuff. I'm not going to hold that against it because Endgame has crazy fucking phenomenal CGI and a million things could be possible and there's not a glitch in the system. No, but I can still compare Star Wars and Endgame to each other. Sure. Because I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what? Star Wars Return of the Jedi's Nah, it ain't this because the CGI isn't. No. How is it as a movie? Understand for its time, for its era, for what was possible, how great it was. Because I've seen both, and Star Wars a little bit before my time, but I've seen both in a reasonable amount of time where I can do that. I can know how this felt when it dropped, the feelings, how great it was compared to the stuff in its time versus how great this is to the stuff in our time. It's it's stupid, but you you have a handicap. Yeah, I'm just saying, keep it to yourself. Like once you start changing things, once you start adjusting things, it leaves you wide open to criticism. And, and Dave and Melser has criticisms there already. But but uh, dude, if I'm Dave Melser, I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about. Nor should he. Right? Like oh, you should change the ratings. Fuck you. Get but your the, own ratings. Yeah. Any ranking system, any Cisco and Ebert, any yeah. Five Mike, all that shit is made. Or discourse. Yeah, it's, you know, it's his, it's his way of reviewing things. Like, we can argue all day if, if Goodfellas is better than Casino or is it better than Godfather Part 2 because Godfather Part 2 is the best Godfather. It really is. But we can <laughs> argue about it. But if you start putting numbers to it, it start, it, it gets really weird. Like, and then you start changing your grades based, you, just leave it alone. Put your grade out there, leave it and let it be. What, what Omega and Osprey did is one of his second highest ranked matches of all time because what he saw, he was blown away by. When you watch it again and you know the result, it's not the same kind of match. I ask you then, because I'm not sure if this is debatable. The greats have gotten more lenient as time has gone on. 
there's there's just more five stars than ever. Sure. And I understand there's evolution in things. You, you watch basketball games now, and you're like, oh, it's not that smart. But I can't compare it. You, you watch basketball, and games used to be at 85, and it used to be four or five three-pointers a game. Yeah. And you're watching now, and games are in the 120s, and Steph is hitting 14 threes a game. It may feel more exciting, right? So, like, if a game comes down to the wire and everything's the same, right? Like, ebb and flows. Oh, this team comes back from 20. They came back from 20 in the 80s. Everything, you know, and it comes down to the wire. Both teams exchange it. Someone hits a buzzer beater to win. Jordan hits a fadeaway step back to win or the floaty shot. But Steph hits some shit from the logo to win in game six. And it's like, it seemed more exciting because the moose and everything seemed more grandiose. If you start breaking the scale or being more lenient, it's, it's diminishing what those were. So if you're not going to regrade them, the reason those matches got a 4.5 is because the grading scale was so fucking tough. Yeah. Dynamite matches. Before it came into like impact, what... What were you well, like? What the overall feel of it? Uh, Punk Cena was like that. It got like a five because yeah, it was like the the feeling, the whole yeah. what it meant to pro wrestling and everything. And cool, I love that part of the scale. You can't tell me, no matter how great it is in ring, that a match on a random fucking dynamite on a Wednesday has this overall meaning and feeling and what it did in the storyline and the buildup for a random put together match. You can't tell me that. So like the. scale scale changed so much it became so lenient and people are allowed to evolve so maybe he started grading differently but to me everything before then if you start changing the scale becomes null and void because something that was a 4.5 by your scale today should be higher yeah we just can't regrade it my whole point is yeah we can debate it that's up to you to decide Right? It's not up to Dave to change it to make us happy. No, he ain't got to do shit. So it's like... He just got to keep giving out his grades. So, like, the reason why I say the basketball comparison isn't apt is because basketball is not choreographed. Right? <laughs> like, when Steph Curry hits 14 three-pointers, I don't give a fuck who you are. It's, it's, it's a feat. Like, yes. you can't choreograph 14 three-pointers in a game. You can't choreograph knocking down the three from the logo. But not everybody can do it. That's the point. Right. Not everybody can do everything Osprey can do. And so it's... It, you know, like, this wasn't... Whatever Will Ospreay does, I promise you, was not possible in 1990 in pro no, wrestling. Nobody even thought about it. No. Right? And that's the same shit. Step pulling from the logo wasn't even thought about when Jordan was playing. Because guess what? He probably could have done it. But he never thought of trying that. No, not... He didn't think about it. It's like... It's like if you take... We, like, we always talk about Larry Bird. and we, the, the argument's always... You listen to people talk about Larry Bird. It's like, Larry Bird played against plumbers. He wasn't shit, da, da, da. And it's like, did you watch Larry play? It's like... Did you watch Brett wrestle? You can't regrade a Bret Hart wrestling match if you didn't Shout watch out to Bre- Chris Bay. <laughs> if you didn't watch <laughs> Brett wrestle, right? Like if you didn't watch Larry Bird play, you can't tell me like what he played. Like I watched Bird play, and I and, like that dude would have nuked the league. Like you talk Luka Doncic, like Larry Bird would, was crushing people. Nikola Jokic is great. He is Fantastic. not. Larry Bird. Larry Bird was absurd. And I listened to people talk about Bird, and they was like, he wouldn't, like, he was slow. And I was like, did you watch Larry Bird play? Did you before watch the back injury? Like, yeah, before the back injury. You have to talk about them early years with the Celtics. 
coming out of college, him and Magic going back to back. If you talk about Magic as great as you did, do you know who used to steamroll Magic? <laughs> Larry fucking Bird. And it's like if, if you watch Larry Bird play and you and certain players and certain wrestlers, you could take it from where they were, place them here today, and they dominate the league. 100%. Because the game changes, right? You could take a Bret Hart and you put him here today because so many people pattern their, their style after yep. a Bret Hart. It's, but the problem is, is when you go back and you talk about these matches and you talk about, well, he should make this a five-star match. I just, that ain't my job. If you want it to be your five-star match, that's your five-star match. For me, for whatever reason, I disagree with him that certain matches weren't five-star matches, but that's, that's him. And I think we put so much weight on one man because there's nobody else with as much knowledge about the business that has created a scale. Yeah, but I'm not giving him a pass on that. With great power comes great responsibility. He decided yeah. to make these rankings. He did not decide it to be the only in the... He never stopped anyone else from making rankings, by the way. He never was like, yo, this is going to be the end-all, be-all, right? But neither did Double XL, right? But, or neither did the source. Right. The source was the holy grail for rank for a period of time. But unfortunately, the source had the Mind Squad, which is a bunch of people who had input oh, on the yeah, rank. Yeah. But I'm Dave just Meltzer saying. Meltzer is one human being. I'm just saying, the public determines you are the go-to. Yeah. Siskel and Ebert was like, we're, there's a ton of fucking critics. They became yes. the authority on that. He is, I'm sorry, but this is what the fuck you are. So at this point, I understand you're doing it fun, blah, blah, blah. But it, it comes with some responsibility. To who? To the culture. We see Rolling Stones list and we're like, we it's, talk about it on this show. It's we're throwing trash. stuff. Yes, who, it's trash. Who's in charge over here? We're throwing stuff around the thing. You have a responsibility to when who? you but are to that who? High. To the culture. What does that mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Like I To the culture of pro wrestling as the authority of it, of someone so, who see more pro wrestling than anything, as the end-all, be-all greater, you have the responsibility... To what? To maintain that quality that you've always had. But I made the quality. If I created the quality, you can't tell me what to do I with it. I can tell you when you slip it. That's my argument against Vince. Vince started going senile, and I was like, all right, it's time. Yes, but guess <laughs> what? Find an alternative. That's, that's the whole thing. Like, if you don't like my rating that's scale... That's not automatically going to make it, like... But that's just the way it is. I think Dave Meltzer... Oh, for I, you to start your own list. I could. I could start one, but I don't have the depth of knowledge that Dave has, right? Like, I could start a list, but I'm just another guy. I have not watched nearly as much pro wrestling as that human has. No. And I've talked to Dave. I've No one's going to catch up with it. Yeah, like, you just can't <laughs> you catch up to, to that. You're just asking for a different list. Like, but, yeah, get a different list. But, uh, to, like, to put so much weight on one man's opinion of pro wrestling... Because shit, he could have woke up on the wrong side of the bed the day he watched Stone Cold and Bret Hart. He's a man with an opinion. So, like, what he watched with uh, Omega and Osprey was incredible. He gave it this high rating, and people were like, it wasn't better than this, it wasn't better than that. He thought it was. And for me, to bring this all back, good luck to the rest of the year, because I don't know how you're going to keep up with those two. Those two right now. None's topping that this year. Again, it, it's going to be tough. I, I do think it's a top three match I've ever seen. And I just left there feeling like, one, I got to watch it again. Right. We watched it again right at your crib. Yeah. And I left again. I was like, 
pure match in ring, because there's different things when circumstances come into right. Like it's hard to match the spectacle of certain things. Rock Hogan. Yeah. Like that's a five star atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Like that gets boosted because of that. But this also happened in the Tokyo Dome. Like it had enough spectacle. Yeah. Had enough build. A true story through multiple promotions over the year. Boy, and, and Kenny Omega coming out as Sephiroth with one wing angel? Oh, my God. Come on, man. Like, the promo Kenny cut before this. I was like, this, he had to go whoop-ass after that promo. That's what I'm saying. Everything was so perfectly told. It was more than wrestling. It built it as this huge thing. For the past year, Osprey's been in progress. He's been all these... He's been using Kenny's moves. Yes. He's done a one-wing angel at all these promos. In AEW, he teased the one-wing. He's been picking on Kenny for a year from a distance. Tried to bully him. And Kenny beat his ass because of it. (laughs) The storytelling and everything around it and how it played out. It's a top three match I've ever seen. It's it's up there. It's I don't I don't it's hard for me to deny that that match. Like was one of the, wasn't one of the best things I've seen. I, I still think o, Omega Okada is arguably one of the best matches. Omega Okada four. Yeah, and and you know I always stand on the heart and Stone Cold because I, I just never saw anything like that in, that night. And the double turn it was so expertly done. Like there are very few matches. And Taker Sean is up there. Taker Sean is up there. Yes, because uh, um, nobody expected that. No, that was the crazy. Like that, again, if you go back and watch that, still a great match. But the day that you watch that match. You were different. like, wait, wait, what, what's going on here? Like, different. why are they tearing this down like this? Yep. Punk Cena, you didn't know what was going to happen. It was the beauty of that match. I'll give you a match I didn't see in real time that I still hold in that regard. And that's the AJ Styles triple threat. Him, Joe Daniels. I, I didn't watch TNA. Right. I didn't see that match until I got to know you guys and all this stuff. And you're like, no, this is one of the best matches. And I went back. I know shit about the feud. Oh, man. Match was incredible. To the fact, I'm not the biggest Christopher Daniels fan. That match, arguably, he had the best performance out of the three. Smoked it. <laughs> like, the double submission? Smoked it. It, it changed the Come game. On. Like, I, you know, triple threats are always great in ECW, and we've seen a lot of things. But when we saw these three in the ring... And, it, the, like, if anybody remembers the bill and, like, Samoa Joe carrying the bloody towel, like, there was just so much. I like that's that shit. It's one of my favorite <laughs> matches. I'll talk about it all the time. Yeah. One of the favorite matches I've ever seen. Because when I watched it, I expected it. When Joe showed up in, in, in TNA, I was like, oh, shit, Samoa Joe's here from Ring of Honor, and he's killing shit. That night I watched that match, I was like, what did I just watch? It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Because usually triple threats end up being one guy who goes out. Two, Rest like, spot. No. This was just nuts. One of the best matches I've ever seen. All right, we've talked about New Japan enough. Uh, what did no, you, there's what one, do you, one other thing. What? Oh! See, duh. Mercedes Monet. Hey, man. Kyrie Sane's match, by the way, was like six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but we know we know why we can. Yeah. Yeah, we know we were here for it. Um, yeah. The crisscross sample, a.k.a. like Hustles in the House with Nipsey. It sounded more like Hustle in the yeah, House with yeah, Nipsey. very Nipsey. Um, love that. <laughs> love it. Because I'm... Come on, like, her uncle Snoop, she probably went to Snoop, like, yo, what should I use? And then he's like, you know this Nipsey track? <laughs> like, oh, my God. So when that hit, I was like, oh, 
it's better in her old music. Like <laughs> already, like love the theme song. She looked amazing. Coming out, the promo was a little rusty. Oh yeah, she's got. An- Immediately, she okay. realized like, oh, this ain't a WWE crowd. No. I got to do my promo. Like, talk a lot, a little bit slower and more yes. deliberate in New Japan. Like, you have to make sure every word is hitting because they don't speak your language. Like, she has to adjust to that. Uh, the she's finisher, probably going to learn some Japanese just because she's like... Still have to learn some words. The finisher obviously will need some work. Yeah, she has been working on that for a long time. It just didn't hit. But I saw people just like try, trying to shit on her. No. And I was like... Give me the bank statement back. Call it something different. Yeah, whatever it is. It's like... The... Uh, what is what is the... the ma- She's doing it with Kyrie. It's uh, Battle at what? What's it called? Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot the name. It's in... Whatever. It's fucking Cali. sold out. Yeah, yeah. Right? And people are like, she went. She left WWE They're for this. They're themselves for doing a 3,000 seat venue. I know. <laughs> like, it, it would have sold out. People are like, she only sold out 3,000 seats. Fam, yeah. you would have put eight, ten in there. See, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like, they sold themselves short, though. She is, people wondered if she was going to be okay, if she was going to come back to wrestling. Like, I, I said it on the show, I was like, she's going to wrestle for, like, stardom. Like, she's always had this dream. And people are like, she's coming back to WWE. No, she's not. Like, that chapter is now closed. She's, for now. Maybe eventually, depending on what else happens. But she has to do this for her career. What happens on Wednesday? She, I, don't, I, I still don't think she shows up. They announced Tony Storm is her partner, but and then you know they, they then Britt Baker had like the boss yeah, thing. I'm the bo- like I, if she's not, I had it's it's hard for me to believe that Mercedes will sign a long long term deal to wrestle weekly television yeah. again. Right? Now. What if they caved? What if she doesn't have to? That I can see if if they cave. Like to me, it all the, everything would have to fall into Mercedes' favor. If because if you're Tony she has Khan, all the leverage. like if you're Tony Khan, you want her to be weekly. Right? You yeah. also have to figure out, because she's working stardom. She's working Japan. Yes, she's working this match in the States, but you think she's not going to Japan to work? So you have she's to share always her. always Japan. Yeah, you have to share her. So if they could come do a deal, and I don't think it'd be a long-term deal. I think it'd be like one of them short-year deals like Ronda Rousey had when she first came yeah. to WWE. If you can come Japan to Japan only does one-year deals, to my knowledge. Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of AEW. Yeah, I'm just saying. And if you're Tony, you have to think, like, is it worth it? Now, can't hurt. It won't hurt, but you have to use it right. You can't fuck this up because the moment you sign her, everybody's looking at your company. Oh, it's to the moon. Not even to the moon. It, it's not even the it company. It's a next level critique that you have to deal with. They're looking at the women's division. Right. But, and that has been a shortcoming. That's what I'm saying. That the eyes are immediately there and you can no longer sweep the women under the rug. If you fuck this up, it's big. Right? Because immediately, as soon as she comes in... Worse than fucking up Punk. It, it, it's like, and they didn't fuck up Punk. Punk fucked up. Like, whatever. Punk fucked... Okay, Vince. No, no, no. I'm, I didn't I'm screw saying, my heart. In the my heart screwed my heart. Tony did everything he could. Punk got injured. There's nothing that Tony could have done about sure. that shit. But you almost said Punk fucked up Punk. Yeah. You almost went full nah, nah, Vince Nah, nah, ain't screw Brett. But it, it's, it, Tony did everything right with Punk. Yes. But I think in the case of Mercedes, like, you have a star. And you have somebody that can truly elevate your division. But if you misuse her, it's over. like nobody's trusting you anymore. Because how could you blow this? You can't blow this. You can. Not on a not on a non like weekly deal. Like if like, she's that's the thing. Here in and out, you can't blow it. You really like, can't. Because you're just building to 
three pay-per-views is all you have for all year, pretty much. You're building to those. And that's pretty easy. Like, you're going to work Brit with one. You're going to work... Um, I don't know who you work in the second one. That, that Now, here's your next uh, issue. Who does she work? You work Brit to start. Because everybody's like, she takes the title off of Jade. Stop. That's the final boss. <laughs> um, no, and that's real shit. So, like, you, you don't blow... That's to me is ruining it. You blow that out the box and she beats Jade for what? There, there's a longer story to tell. Yep. I would say she goes to Brit. They use that to get her to the title, main title feud. She takes the main title because she is here. She takes the main title. And at that point, well, she might be babyface for that. But at that point, after she takes the main title, is where. You have the belt off of Jade, and you build towards those two as a main title feud. I don't give a fuck about a TNT title. Like, honestly, like you're bringing in her in to be IC champ. You're doing it so her and Jade, by the end of this year, September, Chicago, you got, what's that, nine months to build towards Sasha, Mercedes, yeah. build towards Mercedes and Jade Cargill in Chicago in September, and they better main event that year. Yeah, I, I right now if you ask me right she now, get a I, match out of Jade. I think I especially like the transition that Jade did with Sky Blue was incredible. Um, I don't think Mercedes is showing up at AEW right now. If you ask me, I, I lean towards no. I just think they need her, and when you're talking about someone who has the money, they're not short for the dough. No, absolutely not. Like there's strategic things where you say, "I need this push. It's worth it." She can Brock Lesnar this shit. No. I agree. I just don't know if that's what she's going to do. Like, right now, if you ask me right now, I'm saying no. I think it's a disappointment if she's not the tag partner. Well, they already said Tony Storm is. No, but they hinted at uh, Sheeta taking her out. Like, like an injury angle. Like, she's going to beat the shit out of her. I don't know. Is Sheeta's going to be a tag partner? Again, I don't know. It would also feel weird to me for her to show up on, like, a random dynamite. Like, I know this is their first show in L.A., it's, it's, it's a big deal for that. But if, if she doesn't show up in the main... Like, she... Everybody else's debut... You usually debut at a pay-per-view in, like, a big moment. What if this goes on last? What is the last match? Well, if this goes on last, and it's either, it's either her or Naomi. Okay. Nobody's talked about Naomi yet. I'm not even sure if Naomi would be a big enough pop. I, I mean, but that this is the problem with these kind of bills, right? <laughs> this was... The, the, like, what worked with CM Punk is they were just like, well, fuck it, everybody knows. Let's not even at Koi about it. Let's yeah. basically tell them that CM Punk is coming so nobody can be disappointed in your hype. Every, that crowd was electric because they weren't waiting and they knew it. This they don't know. And Tony Khan's bad at keeping secrets. But he's been, I, I feel like they've been talking. I don't know if anything's actually happened. But we do know she's coming back to wrestle in New Japan. So, uh, I don't know. I, right now, right now I'll say no. I, won't, I don't want to be disappointed. I just don't know what they do with her Either. I'm very curious at how they play this, but we'll see when it comes to Dynamite. All right. So, New Japan out the way. AEW kind of out of the way. Even though, I mean, I like everything. It's good enough right now in AEW. I don't have any, like, real complaints. Uh, I mean, Darby Allen being Samoa Joe. That's cool. That belt need to get off of Joe. Yeah, Joe Joe did what he had to do with that title. Yeah, it's fine. Um, It's weird that somehow Hobbs doesn't have it. Somehow. Doing this Book of Hobbs thing, I'm wondering what it's leading to. 
Yeah. Um, Wardlow might be a rap. Mm, they'll figure something out with Wardlow. Oh, now you're optimistic. No, I, I feel like Wardlow is... Ain't shits from the summer points at them figuring out something with Wardlow. I, I mean, he was kind of screwed over by the whole MJF thing. 100%. Like, he lost a lot of momentum. But I think there's enough belief in Wardlow they can build it back. They just got to figure it out. So I'm not terribly optimistic about it right now because I feel like they got a lot of things to service. Yeah, but what is on TV? I'm cool. Swerve is doing well. Yeah, Swerve, Swerve and AR Fox. Like, if AR Fox ain't doing more stuff on TV, they fucking up. Yeah. Um, Jeff Jarrett's actually been strangely entertaining. <laughs> hey, the match with the Acclaim was fun, man. Yeah, I got to admit it. And, and, and I said this before. I was like, when does the gimmick run out on the Acclaim? Like, no, right no. now, it doesn't. No. There, I was there. at AVN here in Vegas. If you guys don't know what that is, Google it. But I was at the, the, the Expo. convention. <laughs> I was at the Expo. Guy walking through, scissor me daddy ass t-shirt. I walk right up to him, give him the scissors. We scissor right there, middle of the Expo. And I said, scissors me timbers. And uh, he started laughing. I was like, my man. That's how you do it. That's, yeah, like, it's, they aren't cooling down. No, they're fine. Um, another thing in New Japan. FTR dropped another belt. Yeah. They're all gone. They have to. What's next? AEW title. I'm not sure I want their claim to lose yet. No, they may not. But I think FTR, like, you have, I think FTR's deal, I'm assuming, they don't know. In Vegas. Then. FTR basically said, hey, can we travel the world and like work other promotions? And Tony was like, sure. You doing all this traveling, I don't really have you. Yes. So in order for me to have you, you, gotta, you guys had your fun, drop the titles, come home, and you have to go after it. Um, yeah, they're going after AEW titles now. Like They have to get rid of all those extra booking dates to focus on the task at hand, which is the acclaimed, which I, and the acclaimed beat them, so that's to come back around too. Yep. So I think that's what's going to happen with FTR. That was another thing about Wrestle Kingdom. Of all the tag matches you could possibly have for FTR. Yeah, it wasn't great opponent. Yeah. I mean, they don't really have the Gorillas of Destiny anymore. Like, but find somebody. Shit. Find somebody. It's FTR. Like, get Aussie Open back. Like, figure something out. Like, yeah. that wasn't the, the spotlight the FTR needed. That's no. why Wrestle Kingdom, it's like a B, but it, mainly off of Omega and Osprey's mark. And then, best of seven. Oh, God. Who you going with? Get on record. I think the elite have to win it just because. I'm not sure. House of Black or Heels? I know. Like, and they got to be next. They definitely have to be next. And that's kind of where I'm. When this first started, I said the elite had to win it because it keeps Omega away from the title. But now Omega is the United States champion in New Japan. Yes. So he's got something else to do. So they they could lose here. They could play the whole Omega's been basically decimated from the match with Osprey, and that's how they lose. I like that. And Death Triangle, they're not really heels. Ray Phoenix is still a baby face <laughs> in the crew. There's there's a baby face, there's a heel. And there's a tweener. And there's a tweener. It's like that's my brother. The same crew. He's like, I agree with his dickhead moves, yeah. but that's my brother. Occasionally I'll use this like weird fucking pipe to yeah. like win matches. And I feel like Death Triangle, like if House of Black is going to get those those trios titles. They it shouldn't the elite it shouldn't pass through the elite that quick. Mm. Death Triangle should retain, and then House of Black should get it because that means Death Triangle's had it for a while. That's true. I don't want to see the elite win it and then have to pass it off because everybody feels like once House of Black has entered the picture, they're getting those it's titles, off. and they better have a long run with those. And I think now we're getting to the point where possibly 
it's okay for like Omega to do some single stuff and the Young Bucks to be a tag team again. I, I feel that. So right now, I'll, I'll go with Death Triangle. Yeah. I feel like there's a better path for the Bucks right and the Bucks and Omega right now. I kind of miss the Bucks in the tag division. You kind of need the tag division. The strongest thing has become weak lately. Because yeah. and that's not because of the acclaim is just they don't have a ton of opponents. Yep. So bring I all mean, these other tag teams back Swerve in the mix. And Keith were just they're two single stars. Yeah, like you're you, you lost LAX. You've lost like you know Lucha Bros are in the trio. So many other people went to the trios. Right. Um, best friends are a trio like that. You really lost the tag team. It was Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. They are in their own program, and that shit's turned. The tag team division got pretty thin pretty quick. Um, the claim is just carrying it and making it relevant. Yeah. Because they're so good on top right now. But, yeah, I mean, Jeff Jarrett had to go in. Exactly. So, yeah, no, it'd be great to have um, the Bucks over there again. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know who wins that. And then WWE-wise. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the Like, I just got to dive right into it. Charlotte Flair. She's back. Babyface Charlotte Flair is the worst Charlotte Flair. Anyone but Ronda. I get it, right? And I'm not sure Charlotte's a babyface. She's a babyface. Um, the crowd is like cheering Ronda now. Like, Charlotte's such a heel <laughs> that it's, the crowd, Ronda was dead in the water. Yeah. Now they're chanting shit for Ronda and like all this. Uh, it's so weird. It shows how good Charlotte is. I really hated Charlotte coming back and winning the title like that. No, somebody had to get it off her. They did, but now you're in a tough spot. Charlotte's a champ. Yeah. SmackDown's women's division is relatively thin. It's definitely unproven. Like who, I like the death. Shotzi is cool. Raquel is cool. But who's the challenger for Charlotte? That's the key. No one's um, proven enough to go into that. And Raw is stacked with proven people. Exactly. So it's like... You look at it, and Bianca's still rolling. You have a secondary women's feud between Becky and Bailey now. Yep. Asuka's doing a character turn, so that's cool. You have Alexis doing a character turn. That's cool. You have Rhea, who's prime and ready. Oh, she's winning she, the Royal Rumble. And she damn well should. If it's anyone else, it's blasphemy. Yeah. Unless she just wrecks the Elimination Chamber, which I'm also fine with. Because I think Elimination Chamber has to be women. So whichever way it goes. But Mommy is over. So much that she got Dominic Mysterio over, who's gone to prison. (laughs) I'm not... Listen. Fucking American me, Dominic Mysterio. (laughs) Like, what the... He went to prison. That's the end of it. That man came in Vatos Locos forever. I said, God damn it. Had the Purple bandana. I was like, what is this? (laughs) Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Like, what is going on? Oh, my God. They are so good. Um... The faction is over. Everything is great. Rhea's prime. Just none of them are on SmackDown. No, they have a problem. But, I mean, we see the men float. Just throw somebody over there. Why is Raw Women's Division the only division that is adhering to a brand split? Why? Because the tag teams float every week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I'm just not a fan of Babyface Charlotte. I was a fan of Whoop That Trick when Sonya Deville showed up. Memphis yes. was great for that, but uh, didn't care about that. Also, before we get out of here, I'm not sure about this Bray Wyatt thing anymore. It's wearing thin on me. Even though I you didn't be- like it a couple weeks. Nah, ago. I don't like the like the Uncle Howdy emergence hasn't been. I, I don't. It was last week. I know. I don't care for it. Like I feel like. 
the biggest star coming out of this is LA Knight. Oh, LA Knight's phenomenal. But there's never wrong with a feud where both people come out well. Yeah, I, I just don't. This this lights out match. I don't know what it is. Nobody does. And if they fuck this up, sure. But I'm telling you, the the best thing with Bray right now is the one thing you can't say is that you know what's going to happen, and yeah. that's okay. No, I I agree. I'm just you're pessimistic because you should be, and it's convoluted and it's weird. But as long as the payoff is there, this is why you hire a guy from Marvel to come in and be a writer. Because if you want supremely weird long-term booking, that is the Marvel Universe right now. Yeah, but you got to execute. The payoff has to be Endgame. They, they can't, they can't blow okay. this. They, no, but you don't have to. And you didn't bury L.A. Knight in the meantime. Well, you can't. You, no, the the guy's great. About, like, the crazy thing about L.A. Knight is every week I watch him, I was like, oh, there's the eye, Drake. There's the guy that I knew. And... Every week I'm going, ooh, this is getting dicey because LA Knight's supposed to be the heel. But I don't know if anybody's caught this yet. Really? Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm saying he came in as the heel. But is what? he going to leave as the heel? Well, here's the, here's the issue. Because if he's supposed to be the heel, his catchphrases are hitting. Every time. Yeah. Let me talk to you. <laughs> like everything oh, he's doing is connecting with the crowd in ways that it's just like, uh-oh. Because if this match... If he comes out brighter than Bray Wyatt, you have a problem. No, because Bray is going to continue whatever the fuck Uncle Howdy is, whatever is happening with Alexis. That long-term story is going to continue. LA Knight's going to bounce from this and be even bigger, and it'll be fine. If it comes down to Bray versus Uncle Howdy and Uncle Howdy being the puppet master behind the, the Firefly Funhouse and Alexa and why Alexa turned on Bray in the first place when he was the fiend, and if Uncle Howdy is the mastermind of all of this... This is doing too much. It's a story within pro wrestling and a long-term story. I just don't it's think... It's supposed that. to be fictional. It's supposed to be like I a movie. I don't think I enjoy it. That's all I'm... That, that's fair. I, I'm at the point now where it was like, once I saw Uncle Howdy come out, I was like, uh, all right, we seen him, and then he attacks Bray, and I was like, okay. But at first, it was Bray, so now it's like, oh, shit. But I don't know, like, the uh, again, the, the bell has to ring. And Bray's going to have to deliver whatever this lights out. Like, you can't rely on CGI and special effects all the time. I've been watching Royal Rumbles. Oh, God. And we only got a couple minutes. I watched Bray as the Fiend versus... Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. Yes, Daniel Daniel Bryan Bryan at the time. Strap match. Phenomenal match. Bray's best match ever. Yeah, I mean, it's Daniel Bryan. You can't... Like, you (laughs) can't blow it. They blew a match with Seth Rollins. Bray's best match ever. There's ways when the bell rings to make it psychologically work. I know, but just don't give me no red light. Like, it's a lights out match. Which, which I don't know what that means. It just feels like it's going to tell me there's going to be something, like the effects are going to be bigger than the, the work in the ring. Yeah, but if it's not even a real match, if it's completely taped, it's cinematic. I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm 50-50 on this now. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the payoff has to be mania. We'll, we'll see when we get there. This is just a, a speed bump to it of reminding Bray who he was. I know Bray's like, this motherfucker Vince is coming back? Oh, no. Got to wrap this up. <laughs> wrap the storyline up quick before he puts me in a box or something. It's uh-huh. a fucking, <laughs> like a pop-out joint. Yeah, like it's going to be all bad. Like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so <laughs> Vince, Bray was like, yo, I got a year and a half to tell this. Bray's like, ah, I got a week or two. Like, let's, yeah. let's get this going. So it's going to be interesting. Can't wait to see how everything plays out. Wrestling is back. We are back to start the new year. Later in the week, we're going to have UFC and boxing shows. 
So much to talk about. Tank, the UFC comes back this weekend. Dana White and everything that happened to him um, throughout the new year. Happened to him. Happened with him. I mean, some of it happened to him. We'll talk about all of that when we uh, talk about the subject later on in the week. Uh, we'll have a UFC guest again, getting guests back on the show. That is going to be fun. We appreciate you all. We're so glad to be back. Hopefully, everyone had a great holiday season. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the award show. Check us out on YouTube as well. All our stuff is up on there. All of this will be up on there as well. To everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the wind in Las Vegas, myself with the old man Andreas Hale. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.